God is so good. He is so good. I'm just going to speak to you a little bit this morning. I do want to share with you that I heard from Brother Skip Kincaid this week, and he wanted me to pass along a specific message to you. <laughs> He's so cute. He really is. <laughs> he just wanted to say that he loves this church with all of his heart. He prays for us daily, and that he especially wanted to thank us for our recent gift that he received just this past uh, Thursday. You know that we take an offering every month, and every quarter we send a compiling of that uh, three months in one check. And he said he got it on Thursday, and he had been praying, Lord, I have to go buy all the food for the graduation ceremony for the Bible school on Friday, and he didn't want to have to take it out of the funds. He just wanted the money to be able to go do it. And he said it more than met the need to buy the food. They have 27 graduates this year, which is their biggest class. And he's feeding 500 people their favorite food. Guess what it is? Tacos. <laughs> tacos, rice, and beans. He said that's what they always request, so they'll have plenty of tacos, rice, and beans. So he was so thankful, and he just wanted to uh, let you know that. <clears throat> this morning, I'm going to talk to you about a couple of things, and this may sound like, well, all you're doing is talking about yourself, and I, forget, I ask you to forgive me for that, because there is quite a bit about me in here, but there is a spiritual application to it, if the Lord can help me get through it, because as you know, <laughs> I cry. I'm going to call this staying motivated, spring fever, and building character. For as long as I can recall, <clears throat> in my adult years anyway, I've suffered from a very noticeable case every year of spring fever. And unfortunately, those of you who know me also know that I've suffered from hay fever that goes right along with the timing of the spring fever. That's not to say I don't like winter, because I really do, and fall is my very favorite season of the year, but none of these affect me like spring does. When I was working full-time, every spring was so hard. The weather brightened up, the trees leaved out, the flowers started blooming, and I felt trapped. A boredom set in. I'm just being honest and telling you the truth. Boredom with life, Boredom with my job, a hunger to get out and do something different and new. My job was demanding. It was a global job, so I had early morning meetings and late night meetings. and More than any other time of the year at spring, I felt the mundaneness of that. I felt the, what's the point of it all during that period of time? And it felt like life was reduced to 
a repetitive pattern of work, cook, eat, sleep, repeat. I mean, just, you know, over and over and over. And yes, of course, I prayed and I read the word. I never lost contact with the Lord and the Spirit of God because being married to Jim, you didn't have an op- option. You just <laughs> you go to church and you do those things, and I wouldn't have wanted it any other way. But every spring, there was this yearning for something different, for jumping out of the rut. I like change. I like excitement. And basically, you might even say it was a way of escape to, to just get away and do something different. Get away from what I considered boredom, maybe the harder part of life. And it wasn't that I disliked any of these things because that wasn't the case at all. I loved my job. It was a great job. I learned so much. I met so many very smart, wonderful people. But just little things, like having the kids come over and stay for a couple of days was such a distraction and so much fun. And I thoroughly enjoyed being a wife and a homemaker and doing all those things. But I wanted something different and something more. Every spring, it seemed. So the feelings would eventually pass. Maybe we'd take a quick trip someplace or have some new company or I'd sew a fun project and just continue on, keep going. And this year... I would say that the spring fever was pretty bad. (laughs) Next Friday will mark one and a half year anniversary of Jim's passing. So that might have impacted it a little bit. And some things are in limbo right now. Like I told you about my building project that got stalled. And by the way, the plans are actually on the reviewer's desk right now. So please pray that we get an approval on those plans. The backyard is a disaster because of the building. We can't finish anything in the backyard because of all of that. So I said all that, but I don't mean to paint a bleak picture. And stay with me just a couple more minutes because there will be a spiritual application to this, I promise. Because I've experienced some really wonderful things this year. Things I've never done before. I participated in the Recall Gavin Newsom effort, and if you haven't, if you didn't sign that, I'm sorry, because the signatures are closed now, and we do have enough signatures to put this recall on the ballot in September. I resealed my granite countertops all by myself in one day. It was dumb, but I did it. (laughs) I could hardly move when I was finished, but it looks beautiful. I now have two beautiful security gates on either side of my house. I got a new tankless water heater because one shower would wipe out the 23-year-old water tank that I had, water heater that I had. I found out that there are no dead rats under my house. Praise the Lord. 
Um, the plumber that I hired to do the tankless water heater said he saw dead rats under my house. Well, I couldn't live with that, so I called Mrs. Bugfree, who climbed under the house, inspected every corner and said, there's nothing under there except some shredded up uh, plastic that it looks like they might have started to make a nest, but there were no animals. So $225 gave me that assurance. So I am very thankful for all these things. And in addition to those, there was the sewing machine that I told you about just last week. And from this same group that I belong to on Facebook called the Buy Nothing Project, I kind of got a new baby of sorts. And at the risk of everybody getting hungry from me talking about this, I'm going to tell you about it. It's a live sourdough culture from which I have baked some amazing things, which I have never, ever had a desire to do, the time to do, or even the thought that I could possibly do them. But I have. And some of the things that I've made with this sourdough starter include sourdough loaf bread, and I brought one this morning. You can take a look or a bite and see what you think a really good pizza dough, super easy, biscuits, cheese biscuits, English muffins, pancakes, and waffles. And I've been able to share the starter with others. So if you'd like one, just let me know. It'll take me about a week to get enough for you to have your own starter, and I'll be happy to share that. I've also learned how to make my own fermented sauerkraut that is fabulous. <laughs> I love it. Took me a couple of batches to get it just right, but it's really good. And in, in, in addition to all these things, I've also experienced several things in the Lord that are new to me, so precious. Being used in some new gifts of the Spirit for the first time having my very first clear and distinct vision, writing three songs, and hearing God's voice in different ways than I've heard in the past. I've also let go of some judgments that I had about some other ministries that I previously would never have listened to, that God's opened my heart to some things that maybe I should think about. I've surrendered some unspoken windows in my heart that I didn't even realize I had not released to him. And I've seen the proof of his faithfulness to me in so many ways. In the book of Galatians, chapter 6, Paul admonishes that we must restore anyone who has fallen and that we bear one another's burdens and thus we fulfill the law of Christ. But if you keep on reading to verses 4 through 5, he says that there comes a time that every man must bear his own burdens and that we must he must prove his own works. The man must prove his own works in himself 
alone, without depending upon others. In other words, there comes a place in Christ where we stand alone on our own faith in him, where we cannot depend on an escape valve to get us out of spring fever or to eject us out of a bad situation, nor depend on other people to rescue us or provide an outlet of some sort, and certainly not to think that somehow we're better than deserving the situation that we might be in, whatever that might be. He says in around verse 5, not to be deceived, because God will not be mocked. For whatsoever things we sow, we shall also reap those things. What goes around comes around. And in verse 9, he tells us, And let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we will reap if we faint not. Therefore, as we have the opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially to those who are of the household of faith. The Message Bible says it this way. So let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good things. At the right time, we will reap a harvest a crop, a good crop, if we don't give up or quit. Right now, therefore, every time we get the chance, let us work for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us in the community of faith. It's a call to just keep working. <sighs> keep moving forward. Keep doing good things to all those that we can. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul writes to the Corinthians defending his right to ask for support for the ministry regarding or reading from the Message Bible again. He says, still I want to make it clear that I've never gotten anything out of this, the ministry, for myself and that I'm not writing now to get something. I'd rather die than give anyone ammunition to discredit me or to question my motives. If I proclaim the message, it's not to get something out of it. I'm compelled to do it, and I'm doomed if I don't. He says, if this was my own idea or just another way to make a living, Yes, I would expect some pay, but since it's not my idea, but something solemnly that was entrusted to me, why would I expect to get paid for it? So am I getting anything out of this? He says, yes. As a matter of fact, I'm getting the pleasure of proclaiming the message at no cost to you. You don't even need to pay my expenses. And in verse 17, the King James says it this way. 
For if I willingly, and this would be my text if I took a text, if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, then a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me. What he's saying here is, if I do only the bare minimum of what's expected of me, sure, I'll get some pay. But if I fulfill my calling willingly, if I cooperate with the Holy Spirit, I will reap such a special reward. And finally, in Ephesians 4, 20 through 24, Paul says this. He's, he's talking about the way others live, and he says, but that's no life for you. You have learned Christ. My assumption is that you've paid careful attention to him. You've been well instructed to the truth precisely as we have. Since then, we do have, we do not have the excuse of ignorance. Everything, and I do mean everything, connected with that old way of life has to go. It's rotten through and through. Get rid of it. And then take on an entirely new way of life, a God-fashioned life, a life renewed from the inside. You want to know how to get rid of spring fever? It's in here. It's not what we do with our hands or out here. It's in here. And you may not call it spring fever. You might call it transitioning jobs or whatever you, you call it. You may even call it illness, something that you can't get out of. How do you get through it? It's in the renewal of the inner, inner man, the inside of us. I want to finish that, that verse and then take on an entirely new way of life, a God-fashioned life, a life renewed from the inside and working itself into your conduct as God accurately reproduces his character in you. During that horrible spring fever time, during that illness time, during that time of uncertainty, and your path is so unclear. He's building character. One last thought. I remember so many times as a young teenager trying to learn to play the piano for this church and making such gross <laughs> errors, terrible sounding mistakes, needing to have every single chord to, to play called out to me by Don Dryden who would sit behind me and tell me what notes and chords to play. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
And then all of those times, the pastor would call me to the piano at the altar service, and I'd think, Lord, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to play? And guess what? The Holy Spirit would tell me, you play this or you play that. And I would, and it would help. It would minister to people. I heard his answer. And I can tell you now, I've reaped bushels of reward and harvest in the things of the Spirit sitting on that piano bench. Even during the times that you poor people had to listen to it sounding so awful. And it seems here I am now again, trusting the Lord in this new apprenticeship role that I'm in. But we just read that if we do it willingly, and I don't allow myself to get weary in well-doing, or quit because I did a terrible job, that it's him that is the reward. It's him that renews my spirit and gives me strength and energy to go on. And I reap a deeper walk in him, a deeper experience in the spirit that I've ever had a deeper understanding of the word and what it means. And all the while, he's building character in me to be like Jesus. To be like Jesus. I hope that you feel encouraged to keep on, to stay motivated in doing good works, even when your whole being is crying out for change and something different. You may have to play those awful notes or you may have to endure listening to them for a while longer, but stay faithful to the call. For a deeper relationship will be the reward that you get for faithfulness and he builds your character. Will you stand? to be like Jesus it's all I ask in this life's journey the song says from earth to glory all I ask is to be like him don't you want to be like him I know you do Father, we thank you today for your presence. We thank you for the challenge of the word, Lord, that tells us, don't get tired and weary doing good things for me, for you are the reward, Lord. You are enough, Lord. Fill our lives with your presence and your spirit, and we will have enough. We will be enough, Lord. We just ask you now, Father, to let your presence fall in the hearts of these people. So precious, Lord Jesus. 
that we would feel your presence and we would know the character that you're building even in the quiet times, the boring times, the times that get so weary, Lord. Build our character for that is what makes us like you. We thank you, Father, today. We give you praise and we ask that you go with us. Bless us and keep us, Lord, in your care and your protection. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen.